0: Welcome to another Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. We're tripping back several decades for this week's soap instalment. It's 6.30 in most ITV regions, the regional news programmes are over, and suddenly you hear these bars... Yes, it's time to check in at the Crossroads Motel, ATV's flagship serial set in one of those hotels next to a motorway. Remember, motorways were still quite new in the 60s and 70s. It began in 1964, was a huge success, and ran for its first outing for 24 years. One of its big stars in the later years was Tony Adams, who played the rather suave Adam Chance. He's been telling all to MIM's Ashley Byrne.
1: So you started, Tony, in Crossroads in 1978, um, playing Adam Chance. But am I writing saying that you actually played another part previously in Crossroads at another time?
2: Yes, I did. I, I, I sold Kitty... I was an estate agent, and I sold Kitty a house... And how long ago was that? When would that have been? God, it was right, right back in the early days. I mean, it was when it sort of first started. I mean, I was absolutely thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. And did you ever expect that you'd return? No, I didn't. Um, I, was, I, I, was, I, got a, I always lived on a boat in those days, and I was at Ramsgate, and one of the, the keepers of the locks on the quay yelled at me, Tone! There's somebody on the phone to speak to you. So I said, yes. So anyway, I got off the boat. I walked along the pontoons and I went up the ramp and I got to this phone box in his little sort of shed place. And voice said, is that is that Tony Adams? And I said, yes. And the voice said, my name is Jack Barton. Do you know who I am? And I said, yes, I do. I said, you are the producer of Crossroads. And he said, yes, uh, Tony, we would like you to come into Crossroads. And I said, no way. And he said, why not? And I said, because you do five episodes a week. I said, I've just finished doing General Hospital. And I said, you know, when we went to the evening slot, we just did one show on a Friday. I said, you do five episodes a week. And he said, no, you're wrong. He said, we do six. So I said, even even more reason that I don't want to do it. I really don't. Anyway, cut a long story short, we know what happened. And he said, you know, it's a weekly contract. Come along, see if you like it. And I went along and... It, I think it was basically the cast that just made the show work for you because producers and directors, with the speed that they had to do everything and the time, because we shot as live. We never ever actually shot live, but we shot as live. And if there was a mistake, a really bad mistake left in, then, you know, they would, they would have to stop, but they didn't want to. And if there were too many mistakes, you were written out of the show. And that was that. So anyway, I I went along and and I found that people like Ronnie Allen who played David Hunter, and Sue Lloyd, and, and uh, every, everybody used to watch the the, the screens, uh, the monitors around the studio, and give us notes if we needed them, because Pembroke Dutton, who was one of the directors, didn't have time to do... It. There was one very funny occasion where my wife, Jane Rossington, and myself, we had to play this scene, and Kathy Staff was supposed to be in the background, listening to what we were talking about. And we'd started, and because Kathy didn't have to do anything or say anything except be in the background, she never came to the rehearsal of it, so we never had it. But she was in the studio waiting, obviously, and we came and we started to do the scene, and all of a sudden, a hoover started. And Kathy was in the background, hoovering. And Pembroke Dutton, who was in the box, had to stop and said, what the hell is going on there? And the floor manager said, on my script, it says, "Cathy's staff is hoovering in the background. And he said, no, it should read hovering in the background. And I always remember that. That was quite early on. We had funny things like that happen. Great fun. Great fun. What were you told about your character Adam Chance? What was he supposed to be at the beginning? He was an interesting guy to to play because he he, he changed all the time. He was never the same. I mean, he had this thing about women, but he he wanted to, to have many women and you were never quite sure what he was going to do next. He was he was it was a good character to play. I liked it,
1: yes, I can imagine he'd be a good character to play. So when you got there, there's obviously all these people who've been there for a very long time. Yes, I think Noel Gordon was still in it when you when you first started. Yes, she was and Jane was there, and you know different people, and you know these were household names, weren't they? Oh, absolutely.
2: Yes. What was that like? Was that a bit nervy? I mean, did you have nerves about working with these people? i i I remember I was really quite frightened when I went there because I just didn't quite know what to expect. And um, I had a, a long scene with Nolly, which was my first scene. Although I came into the reception area, I saw the person behind reception. I then was taken to the office where Noel Gordon was. And Noel started to talk to me. And we played the whole scene. And then we sort of finished the episode with she she I think her last line was, "Mr. Chance, it seems that you knew my husband rather well, and then bum, 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 bum. right And there it was, it was the cliffhanger, and we did, it was great fun. It became great fun, and everybody made you really relax. could not be better. Just a slight
1: aside to this, um, you know, taking us back uh, to that period. Am I right in saying, and this is deep in my memory, I was a little boy at the time. But did um, you know you used to get the theme tune played at the end after the sort of cliffhanger or whatever it may be, and then didn't it didn't it return to a, like a, a picture and a caption or a still or something of somebody right at the end?
2: Yes, there was a, another bit that went on that actually w- was you know relative to finishing the show. I thought so, I thought so. I didn't think I was dreaming it. Yes, no, there was.
1: Now, what's interesting about what you said about the numbers of episodes and things is Coronation Street and EastEnders and the others have, you know, have have lots of episodes now. But back then, you know, Coronation Street didn't. But Crossroads always did,
2: didn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was six episodes so that at Christmas time we could have about a month off and do pantomime uh jack barton didn't didn't mind us doing pantomime or taking the summer off i used to get in the summer just get on my boat and go to cows and 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 hang around for cows week and have fun like that but it was lovely having a month off i must admit so it was quite a factory crossroads then wasn't it really yes it was it it was in many ways soulless um, but as I say, everybody, everybody cared very, very much about it. And as I say, we all watched each other and said, you know, when you come in and you, you, you see that thing that don't go straight over to it. Wait and then go. We, everybody helped everybody else. There were no stars. Even noel Gordon i mean had she cared about the people she worked with she'd worked till uh, with 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 somebody who came into the show and was frightened of the show she'd work till eleven o'clock at night uh take them home and do all the scenes at home with them I mean it was that sort of a thing and Sue Hansen, i mean who played Miss Diane. Uh, Sue Hansen was remarkable like that. I mean, we always used to go to her house and go through the scenes. And it was the best way to do it, really. And generally, generally, you did about uh, about three episodes a week. Um, But uh, uh, Sandy, um, unfortunately, wasn't very well and they asked me if i could learn his lines because when he went to have chemotherapy sometimes he couldn't do the show and sometimes i was i was in five or six episodes got the money <laughs> got the money mate but um that was roger tong wasn't it that was roger tong i mean he he was really very very ill and i always remember he used to say i'm the only man in Birmingham, who has three crutches and none of them work. So you were there from 1978, and you, know, you went in, and
1: you, you, there you were with all these great stars have been there a long time. Yes. It'd be nice to get your reflections on some of them at that time. Let's think about some of the people who were definitely there when you got there. You know, the actress
2: who played Amy Turtle. What was she like? Well, she, she was what she was. I mean, she... I remember at one point she stopped and she said, I can't act with Ronnie Allen. He acts too fast, she said. And uh, she was a very human... Everybody, nobody had any fancy ideas about themselves. The only person who really didn't come across as what he portrayed was Paul Henry, who played Benny. And, I mean, he was quite a remarkable... And it was Benny, really, that, that wrecked his career because he, he, he had a big, big talent. And um, he, just, he just was Benny. And I remember when he was doing Pantomime, they said to him, you know, when, when you play Buttons, Mr Henry, would you please play it as Benny? And he said, no, I want to play it, you know, as myself with Cinderella. I don't want to be doing, I do be doing whatever he did. But uh, it it was a dreaded but a very, very, very happy experience. And, of course,
1: everyone um, knows that, you know, the biggest star of the show, everyone always thought of, of course, is uh, Noel Gordon as Meg Mortimer. You know, she wasn't just part of Crossroads. She was very much part of ATV at the time, wasn't she? Yes. I mean, you had your first scene with Noel Gordon. I mean, was that pretty nerve-wracking?
2: No, because she made you feel... She made you feel like you knew what you were doing. She, she really was. It sounds as I. God, I'm boring, because um, I liked everybody. But she was just very concerned that I think she understood that I would be very nervous because it it was a very big show then with uh, top figures tw- over twenty million viewers, and the there was, you know, it was, it was one of the few shows that was on. Uh, Coronation Street. Yes, that was on. But Crossroads was on an awful lot of the time. And people also thought that Crossroads was real. I mean, they they, they really did. And I remember on, on Wednesdays, we used to go to Bradford Street to rehearse and we would get all our mail and, uh, and we would get our new scripts for the following week. Ronnie Allen taught me how to handle the show. And he said to me, whatever you do when you finish on a Friday night, don't think about about Monday at all. Forget it. If you want to mark your script up, mark your script up. But don't, don't look at it, don't start learning it until Monday night when you are back here. And that was the saving grace. Because so many people strangle themselves by working all the time and not taking any time off at all. What was he like, um, Ronnie Allen? Oh, he was wicked. I always remember his
1: character. You know, he used to say, uh, you know, I'm I'm David Hunter." You know, very, very sort of
2: dour sort of character. Yes, it was, was, he had the most tremendous sense of humor. And as I say, on Wednesday, when we used to get our mail, sometimes we used to um, read out something that might be particularly funny. And I had a letter... And I just chuckled and Ronnie said, what are you laughing at? And I said, there's a woman as a woman who has just written to me and asked me, do I like the new curtains she's hung up in her living room? And he said, why don't you really mess her day up and write back and say, no, I preferred your old ones. I mean, all all the time, silly things like that. But Ronnie had the most amazing sense of humour. But David Hunter was very drawn out and very sort of, you know, like, like that. But he was, I mean... Ronnie was big when he went into Crossroads because of television Yeah I mean he'd been around a lot hadn't he He'd done a lot of stuff
1: up to that point Yeah. Another character that I remember from that period and I think he'd still be in it when you started it uh, was the guy in the kitchens of course, the the cook, Hughie McPhee Oh Hughie McPhee I
2: in 1956 Hughie McPhee and Tony Adams were at the Windmill Theatre, London. Not sticking feathers up our what's-it and, and doing any of that. Uh, but we, we, we were singers, dancers and, and, and did the sketches. I, I worked with Huey for a, at the Windmill for about a year, if not longer. And um, again, he was nothing like... The character he played, he was very funny. They all had to be very relaxed and very funny.
3: Distinct drama, fresh and original. Mr Fenn, I assure you that I have not come here to murder you, however tempted I may be. A terse 40-minute drama, set in a US correctional facility.
2: Oh, I see. You wish to be sent to the electric chair.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 Mr. Fenton. That would not do at all. Starring the award-winning Joe Sims. In short, Mr. Fenton, you are what may be regarded as disposable humanity. Don't you dare think that I started all of this out of political ambition. Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Daniels, I do think that. And to show you that there is such a thing as redemption. To show you that you are educable and have potential. Show sure, me! Show me, Mr. Daniels. I think you're done Show me my potential. As we forgive them. Available now. To place yourself in the centre of a dream doesn't make it a bad one. And this dream, my dream, in whatever depths of despair it may have been born, has become the start of something real. Listen at distinctnostalgia.com or search for Distinct Drama wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Take twenty-three.
3: Distinct Comedy presents. Oh, hello. I'm uh, I'm Julian Carp. I'm uh, I'm doing a voiceover. Oh, hello. Experience a day in the life of voiceover guy. Take thirteen. I'm playing a pirate. Is you sure you're in the right place? Written and performed by Jonathan Kidd. Take twenty-four.
2: Aha, splice the main brace, me hardies. Get on down to Captain Jacob's boat supplies. Sail is now on. Get it? Good, let's treat that
3: one as a run-through. Aha! Available now on the Distinct Comedy Podcast. Okay then, can we do a series of less piratical wild ahas in threes and we'll splice them on. That okay, Paul? The trials and tribulations of a life spent in voiceover. Sorry, I only have two lemon with honey. I'd like my coffee. I shall scream without a coffee. New and original comedy. (laughs) softer well actually on reflection I'm not happy with them I like what we had, all rough and piratey listen on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts or I
2: might have to give you a black spot that was blood out of a stone, won't use him again Eh. Now,
1: your character came into it as this sort of suave, sophisticated sort of guy who was into the women and all the rest of it, but of course, you eventually got together uh, with um, Meg Mortimer's daughter, um, Jill, played by Jane Rosington. Yes. Can you remember how it played out? How did um, Jill and Adam actually get together? Well, I think
2: I'm, I'm honestly, there, there were times sometimes you did, you weren't quite sure why you were doing something because sometimes the, the producers had an idea uh, that we knew nothing about and we were on a weekly contract but quite often um, they didn't stick to the weekly contract because on one occasion um, on Wednesday when I went to Bradford Street and I, I got my mail and I said oh that's strange, I've got, I've got no scripts And so I got on the phone to Maggie French at the office and I said, Mags, it's Tony Adams here. Um, I don't have any scripts for next week. You've forgotten to send the scripts. And she said, you're not in next week, dear. And I said, "Uh, well, when when I... She said, I don't know when you're back in. Uh, You'll have to wait till Jack comes back from holiday. But you're you're not in next week. And I I think you'll you'll find that you'll, you'll be out for a little while. And I was out for a year. So did you get paid for that then? No. No? No, we got... As I remember, those days we got £40 an episode. We got £128, out of which we had to buy our own clothes and, uh, and, and find digs, accommodation, get our own food and pay for our digs. And that's what we had. We we weren't making we weren't making a lot of money. We really weren't. And when when Jill sort of came into my life, I think a lot of the motivation was for Adam to get himself into the family, marry into the family. Then he would be there, you know, forever. But then at one point, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, I I got a script and I, I killed her, and she was no longer in the show. And we all wondered, why? Who have you upset, dear? Uh, we, we just didn't know. But she wasn't there. She went. And she's gone now. Are you talking about the new crossroads that, that came on? The new crossroads, yes. Yes, that, that was Mr Bowman, an Australian gentleman called Mr Bowman. And uh, various people just disappeared. And you, you, you honestly didn't know why. And Jane was was very, very much the show I felt as was Sue Hansen I mean and by the grace of God he Bowman liked me and he kept Adam on
1: We'll talk about the new one in a moment, but staying back in the early days, to the 70s and early 80s, as it were, yep. Crossroads was doing exceptionally well at that time. But there was always this feeling, wasn't there, that the big boys at ITV, the bosses, weren't that keen on it and might want at some, time, at some point to sort of get rid of it. It was always a sort of an undercurrent, wasn't there?
2: That was only Denton, because, you, you know, um, Lord, Lord Wade. Grain. Grain. He, he loved the show and he did it for his mother because he said to his mother is there an afternoon and she said oh yeah I'd like and she said what she wanted and he put Crossroads on and he, there were times when we would be doing as I say we started scene one and we did stop when we did the commercial break and then we did act two as we used to call it and you'd be doing your scene and all of a sudden you'd smell cigar smoke and if you looked behind the camera, there was Lord Grabe with a cigar, no smoking in the studio, of course, but there he was with a cigar, watching what you were doing. And he knew all the cameramen by name. I don't think he knew us by name, but he always was very... Fr- and he loved the show, without question. Denton, I think, Charles Denton um, and his, his assistant d- didn't like it they just felt it was, and in many ways, I think people just felt you you couldn't do six episodes in five days. But we did. And there were, you know, there were, there were mistakes. There's no question. And things did, did get, I mean, I I was very fortunate because, um, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I, I, I was fairly straightforward in my playing. I remember there was one scene where Adam was behind reception. And I had to close the Friday episode with this big, big thing of a phone ringing and them giving me the reason to shut the show, to go to it into the titles. And it said that um, Adam is on the telephone and he is speaking to a non-speaking extra. And I had script for that, so I started off with the script and I got to the end of the script and it said, this is where the phone rings and it didn't ring. So I went on and I started improvising certain things about, you know, sometimes at Christmas time, particularly, we can use the car park because the, the car park is good for stalls and this, that and the other. And I was rabbiting on and I thought, it's still not rung." So I said to the non-speaking extra, excuse me a moment. And I picked up, I picked up the phone and I said, Crossroads Motel, can I help you? And it went ring, 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 ring. And that was it.
1: Well, I think that is, you know, you know, those little quirks are the things that people loved in a way. Yes. Oh, definitely. No question. It, it, it was it was loved by a lot of people. Indeed, and I remember a, spe- a very special moment. I don't know if you're in this scene, but um, it was 1979, Christmas, and I always remember it because it was um, Christmas in Crossroads and everyone had gathered... And they all went into Meg's um, sitting room to sing or something. A Merry Christmas. Oh, we need the Merry Christmas right <laughs> this very Yeah. And she basically broke the fourth wall, didn't she? And started singing to the uh, t- to the viewers. Yes. She came out of
2: character. It was amazing, really. She, she could. She could do. She was the queen of, and I think a lot of people thought that she was very difficult. I mean, we never saw that, but she she may have been difficult with the hierarchy um like the producer and, uh, and 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 like directors but w- with us she she was absolutely fine absolutely fine and um but she was a very great lady and she you know in birmingham she was the queen of birmingham and you said earlier
1: on before we started um recording actually that uh, it was quite special being in birmingham and that the birmingham people were uh uh, particularly keen on Crossroads it was part of their lives they were, tell us a little bit about that the relationship between Crossroads and Birmingham it
2: was a village it turned Birmingham into a village we would go to the studio and when we went out I remember the, my, my first day back um, as Adam, Adam Chance um, Noel Gordon uh, said to me darling would you like to come out and have lunch with me Are you doing lunch? And I said, oh, that would be lovely. And I thought, oh God, you know, because yes, I was frightened of her. And I thought, well, I know she's got a Rolls Royce. So we'll probably get into the Rolls Royce, which was parked around the corner. And we will probably go uh, to some exotic restaurant, you see. Anyway, we finished and she said, come along dear. And I followed her out and she said, this is number 23. I said, sorry. She said, the bus it stops right outside Rackham's. Now, Rackham's was our local store. It wasn't Rackham's, the Rackham's. Rackham's was our local store. And you went in there and everybody knew you. I mean, people came up to you because it was Birmingham show. And mainly, people came up and said nice things. Very, very rarely did you get somebody... Who, who who didn't like it, because if you don't like something, you generally just keep quiet about it and cross the road. But no, Rackham's was our little local store, and it was tremendous. And they all looked after us very, very well. If you went into a restaurant, it was always, you know, people loved seeing you going into restaurants. And and being yourself Uh, so at that time uh, you know
1: because we're we're talking nearly 50 years ago now aren't we really when you think about it (laughs) careful because i'm only 28 (laughs) Uh, but as a young man how did it change your
2: life at that time Uh, it, it changed my life a because i mean you you didn't get a lot of money i have to say that it didn't make me all of a sudden i mean i've heard you know people in, in coronation street were were buying 400,000 pound houses and things like that you didn't you didn't get any of that but it just the mere fact that practically everywhere you went you you were known and you got a if you went into a restaurant you got the best table you got very good service and you got looked after and all of a sudden you know i as, as a younger actor um, sort of f- felt that, you know, being in the theatre, your stage door was where the theatre was, when all of a sudden your stage door was from Scotland to John O'Groats to the South Coast, and you go in, in there, and, and people people would be quite, quite funny and say, oh, look, that's that Adam Faith from Coronation Street. You always got strange things like that sometimes. But people in the main were very, very nice.
1: And and did the cast all get on quite well?
2: I, I honestly can't remember a time when, if anybody did cause trouble in the show, I can't remember there being much trouble. But if there was a problem, you were written out. It's like, you know, I was written out for a year. So you caused some trouble then. <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it, it was silly, really. I, I bought a motor car. Maybe your character had. Uh, no, it was nothing to do with the character. It was to do with me. And what had happened was I said to Noel Gordon at one point, because she was very approachable and very nice. And I said to her, you know, I do love your car. I have to say, I do love it. Here are the keys, darling. Go and drive it. I mean, that was, that was Nolly. And in the end, she said, why don't you buy a Rolls-Royce? And I said, well, no, Nolly, you know, I mean, uh, she said, darling, buy it while you can. And I said, right, so what do you do? Uh, Ashley, you go out and buy a Rolls-Royce, don't you? And so I went out and I bought a Rolls-Royce and Jack Barton got to hear about it and was very, very angry and thought a member of this cast should not be going around in a Rolls Royce what does he think he's doing what who does he think he is we'll write him out for a year so what did you do for that year oh it, it, it was marvelous because uh Ronnie Allen when he he heard about it he was very upset and he said listen I've been asked to do a summer season with Molly Sugden um in Jersey I can't do it because I'm contracted to here I'll phone them up and say that you're free and i went i went to jersey with molly we we opened in, in in uh i think we we opened in nottingham and we went we went a bit round the country here then we went over there and i did two seasons of that with her and again another wonderful woman very very funny woman and uh so i was and then jack started to say um when you're going to come back and i said well you i can't at the moment because i'm busy and it sort of went, and then after a year yes i came back and i was very so glad tell us
1: about working with Molly Sugden then i mean she was one of my sort of heroines as a kid you know Are you been served and that's my boy and all sorts of other things as well um you know what, what
2: was she like again amazing she was amazing she had a, a terrific sense of humor um she was a great giggler on stage, a great giggler. And again, you know, I, I, I would... Um, I, I, I was driving one day in in my Rolls Royce uh, in uh, down the main street and I saw Molly walking along the street and I pressed the button and the window went down on her side and I said how's your pussy then and she was about to greet think thinking me one of the ordinary members of the of the public and she would have been very polite and said oh I gave it some milk this morning or she would come out with some witty remark she went to speak saw it was me and then she just mouthed the f word off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can
1: imagine. I can imagine. She was fantastic. Um, talking about Rolls Royces, there was obviously another, uh, rem- you know, memorable episode of Crossroads. Of course, in, in fact, one of the wedding episodes um, where Noel Gordon's friend Larry Larry Grayson came up in the programme.
2: Uh, he, he 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 was wonderful with her, and I remember uh, when they they did the big thing in Birmingham, where all the cast came and paid great tribute to her and it was televised and this that and the other and they asked him to speak uh, about Nolly as they were so such great friends and he said there is no way I can speak about Noel Gordon get Tony Adams to do it because Tony will do it and Jack got me into his into his office and he said I want you to go to the cathedral and I want you to do the speech about Nolly. And he said, well, if you do, I want you to make the audience in the cathedral laugh. And I don't think I was actually very funny, but at least I kept it light. I mean, she, she left Crossroads and there was a whole hoo
1: wasn't there? She was um, sacked from ATV. I think it was Central then. Yeah, it was Central then. Central had taken over, hadn't they? ATV had lost its franchise at that point. I mean, people get written out of soaps all the time. Of course they do. But this was Noel Gordon's
2: life, wasn't it? Yes, I was driving up from Limington at about half past five one morning uh, on a Monday to go back to Birmingham. And my mobile went and... Uh, I answered the mobile, and it was Nolly. And she said, Darling, where are you? And I said, um, I'm just coming onto the motorway now. I said, I've just left Southampton, uh, because I've been at Limington on my boat, uh, and I'm, I'm heading back for Birmingham. Why? And she said, can you come and see me straight away, as soon as you get back here? And I said, well, y- y- yes, yes, Nolly, but What's the problem? And she said, darling, I've been sacked. And I said, what? She said, I have been sacked. Now, Jack Barton is going to phone me up at nine o'clock. I want you here listening on the extension to what he has to say to me. So I said, well, I'll get there. And I thought, why are actors and actresses so theatrical? I mean, she, there's no way that they can sack meg mortimer from crossroads she is crossroads for god's sake and then the awful thing does happen is that she did leave the show and what they were hoping for was the public would switch it off and they wouldn't they they, they would never do you never watch it again but they didn't Got a new audience. It got a different audience. It got a different cast, and it it went on and it went on and it went on, and then they did other things to get the show off, and eventually they did get it off. What were the reasons given for being sacked then? I just don't think that they felt that it it was good enough for that company, uh and for Central Stroke ATV. They just felt. The show is is not... is not. We can do something better than this. Well, as you say, it carried on and lasted another... I mean, well, it
1: lasted until 1988. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty big deal, wasn't it? Right into the 80s. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I knew always that there was rumours and things, but, you know, I never thought actually they'd get rid of it because it was so popular.
2: When did you actually get to know that it was going to be act? Um, I got to know because I got to the to the stage where I thought that I should leave the show... As Adam Chance. I thought the time had come for me to leave the show. And I went in and I saw Jack Barton and said, "Um, When we have the next break, and I gave him the dates and he said yes. And I said, Please, would you release me? I I write Adam out of the show for however long. And he said, Yes, but he said it's it's not just you that's going to be written out because we're taking the show off. And he said, but please don't say anything to anybody. Um, and that's when I knew, I knew before anybody else that the show was coming off. I mean, that's quite a secret to, uh, to have, isn't it? Um, that must have been a nightmare for you. It wasn't a nightmare because I'd sort of made up my mind that I wanted to go anyway. And in an awful sort of selfish way, because I am very selfish, um, I thought I won't regret it because it's coming off anyway. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and when it, when everyone did find out that it was going to come off, did it come as a bit
2: of a shock to everyone? Oh, it, it, yes. People really were absolutely shaken by the fact. People had been with it for years. I mean, even Dodie was head of makeup. I mean, she could not believe it. She was in tears. It was. We were a family. We had wonderful people. I mean, from uh, from the the, the guys uh, who, who who were the, the fire guys looking after the the, the the buildings. I mean, right down to makeup to dresses. We were all all together, very much together, and very, very, very happy. Why take it off? People couldn't understand why take it off. It wasn't doing as well as it could have done. But maybe, um, I mean, I still think, what 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 would have happened if it was still going now? Would I start thinking, oh, gosh, why didn't I, you know, why didn't I stay? Why didn't... But then I decided that eight years ago I was going to retire from the business anyway. Uh, and I thought, you know, that's... I want to now enjoy my life. I want to be able, you know, to go abroad, not to worry about God, I've got to get back and really just start enjoying and getting about now while I can. Now, what I noticed in these sort of latter years
1: really is that a bit, they did this a bit with Brookside in many ways. They start to uh, mess with the program and it's sort of, you know, gets the the older viewers sort of a bit annoyed, really, by maybe moving around the schedule, which is what they did with Brookside, or in other circumstances, just changing the format in some different way, in different ways. And, of course, with Crossroads, what they did was they changed the theme tune altogether, and the theme tune was quite important and quite iconic. You know, subtle things came in, you know, they're trying to alter things, and it just didn't work with people. No. Which is a real shame, in a way, because it it just – Began to sort of become something it wasn't, really. But it always managed to secure, you know, a loyal support and a fan base which carried on many years after it went. And then there was a massive call for it to come back, of course. And, and, and you know, and ITV did take a punt at it in, in the early 2000s. And they brought it back. And they brought you back. And they brought Jane back. And they brought Kathy back. You must have felt elated that it was coming back at that particular point. I
2: don't know... it. Uh, Elated, um, I think it was a sort of, I was concerned. I thought, how are they going to do it? And I mean, for example, you know, we, we, we had our clothes bought for us. Um, we had more money. We, we, they took more care. We, 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 we didn't shoot as live. You know, we, because, often the, the, there, were, there were three of us when we were shooting live. And sometimes um, the floor manager would come up and say, Tony, we need three minutes. Can you do something for us in three minutes? I said, yes, stick me in the office. Um, I'll be at the desk, get the phone to ring. I'll pick up the phone, answer it. I will then go up to the filing cabinet, come back and then talk until you actually wind me up and then i'll 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 close it that was very exciting and we didn't have that anymore we had you know, we had more time to do it and it didn't it didn't sit having having been been where we were it didn't sit like like it used to sit the fright almost was the adrenaline that kept us
1: going yeah, I mean, I can imagine that. I mean, I watched the you know the revamp, and I thought the first revamp was actually quite good. It was quite realistic. It was you know it had a connection with the original, and it just felt quite warm and friendly in the daytime. But the second one just went completely off the wall. Yeah. I mean, I do think it was a bit stupid that they killed um, Jane off, to be frank, in that one that I liked. But 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 what I'm trying to say is that there was something there in those those first that first series that they did. Um, the new series back in the early 2000s. I mean, the look of it, you know, the characters were in there. Sherry Houston was in there. She was brilliant. Um, you know, it, it seemed to work. I mean, it had an audience, but then they suddenly decided to change it all again and
2: destroy it, really. Yes, I, I don't really know why they brought it back. I mean, but Sherry Houston. I mean, you talk about Sherry. She's another one. She was made for Crossroads. I mean, she was very funny and great fun to be with. And again, the show was lovely and we had the same crew. Uh, which was which was also nice because you you knew um, who was behind the camera. You knew that they were going to try and do the best for you, um, and uh, it, it, it it settled. But it wasn't quite the same. And I think eventually it did it it didn't find it didn't get its place that they wanted. So they took it off. And that new one, they brought it back again. You know, it was quite a surreal thing, wasn't it? Absolutely.
1: Wow. So looking back now. I mean, what's strange about Crossroads is, although it's been off air for such a long time, I mean, obviously it's come back a few times, but you know, the original Crossroads I'm talking about. Crossroads still maintains a huge fan base, doesn't it? There's so many people still who you know talk about Crossroads, anchor after Crossroads, you know, want to know about Crossroads, you know, former stars, etc. There's there's definitely a community there still. What do you think it is about Crossroads that's captured people's imaginations for so
2: long? Well, I think two things helped it. First of all, it was on for five days. So people uh, and they they used to love it uh, because you got it, it was either on before the news or after the news so that. The news had very, very good viewing figures. And that was because they, they came from Crossroads. And you sat down, and that was the reason that nearly everybody watched it, because they, uh, maybe they didn't want to see Crossroads, but they, they saw that th- the news was coming up. So they would obviously catch. Catch bits of it and start getting to know various people like Benny and Miss Diane and start say, but I mean, they'd all gone by that time. But, um, I think that was basically the, 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 the main reason was
1: it was, it was there. I mean, the other thing about Crossroads is, you know, because um, you know the very nature of it, because it being a, hot- a motel, it, it, by that nature, it had lots of people who came in and out, basically. It's a bit like um, The Bill or Doctors, where you, you get a lot of guest appearances from different people. I mean, there are lots of big stars and big names over the years who came through Crossroads. I mean, they cut their teeth in, literally in Crossroads, didn't they, some of them? I mean, do you remember any of the people that appeared in Crossroads in your day?
2: Anthony Steele, uh, who at that time was a, a big film star, and um, he he had great trouble with it because being a film star, I mean, he generally only filmed uh, maybe about three speeches in a day, you know. So he had plenty of time or three speeches in the morning and then four speeches in the afternoon. Um, and he came into it and he had in- terrible difficulty. And that was one of the people when I said she worked with people till 11 o'clock at night. She worked with Anthony Steele. to to to, so that he got happy with it and that's that's why they they work so well together um now of course the other thing that crossroads had
1: that um more than any other show really in many ways was this really iconic theme tune i mean everybody remembers the crossroads theme don't they i mean you know one of tony hatch's brilliant creations
2: yes and it also happens to be the ring ringtone on my telephone (laughs) <laughs> quite seriously and my phone my phone doesn't ring very much but generally i forget to turn it off when i go to a funeral or to a wedding and then all of a sudden you hear "dam bam 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 and everybody turns around and thinks it's that Pratt over there adam chance i mean
1: you could imagine adam couldn't you as a
2: character really one of these cluedo sort of uh you know
1: crime things set in a country house or something is that how you saw him as a character
2: you 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 never ever really knew what adam would do you just take it as read when you got a script and you're expecting it to go a certain direction and it didn't i mean the last person i wanted to kill off was my wife why would he want to kill her off did he kill her off you, 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 you never quite knew, and sometimes for no reason. As I say, when I went in on a Wednesday to pick up my scripts for the following week, so it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was sacked. So you don't know what's going to happen in this life, particularly in Crossroads. Tony,
1: it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. Very, very nice. Um, thank you very much indeed. Nice to talk to you, Ashley. Good luck.
0: Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. That brought back memories. Do you remember how the credits at the end would go up and down to make a cross and often crashed into each other? Well, we've an extra treat for Crossroads and Corrie fans on Friday because we'll be meeting a woman who became part of the motel in its 21st century reincarnation. Sherry Hewson is prolific and she'll be joining Ashley to talk about her long and illustrious career in TV and film.
3: When I left RADA, because I come from Nottingham, I had nowhere to live, so I lived, get this, with Joan Sims.
2: Oh, fantastic! I lived
3: in her house. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I can't tell you everything because <laughs> the parties were amazing. <laughs> because of course, all the carry-ons would come round, and uh, she'd have dinner parties and uh, lots of drinking and lots of eating. <laughs> and Kenneth Williams was out.
0: That's Sherry Hewson from Carry On to Benidorm on Distinct Nostalgia from this Friday evening. Bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.